1: At Ace, we believe there's nothing better than helping kids. That's why we've been proud to support Children's Miracle Network Hospitals for over 25 years. This Friday through Sunday, get our 5-gallon bucket and 20% off almost anything that fits inside when you donate $5 to support Children's Miracle Network Hospitals. And, like Ace, CMN Hospitals are local, so the money you donate helps kids near you.
0: Ace is the place with the helpful hardware, folks.
1: Offer ballot at participating stores on regular price merchandise only. Additional conditions and exclusions apply. See store for details.
2: Welcome, everyone, to episode 220 of the NBA podcast. I'm Brian Teporic, and today we're going to bring back our Bye Felicia series because a couple teams have been knocked out of the playoffs. So we are going to say goodbye to the Indiana Pacers, the Detroit Pistons, and a couple of the holdovers that we didn't get to, the Miami Heat and Charlotte Hornets. Before we get to all that, a reminder that you can follow us on Twitter at the NBA Pod. In our bio, you can find our Twitter handles, so give us a follow as well. You can also find us on iTunes, so please subscribe, download, leave some five-star reviews. We'd love any feedback. And we're now being hosted on Spreaker, so check them out on Twitter, at Spreaker. Joining me today, as always, is my very stable
1: genius of a co-host, Morton Jensen. How's it going, Mort? It's going well, Brian. So, in two games against the Oklahoma City Thunder, Damian Lillard is averaging 20 points. In the third quarter, (laughs) in OKC, on road games.
2: Yeah. He's he's decent.
1: That's okay. Yeah. I'll take that.
2: Yeah. Um, Yeah. Russell Westbrook is averaging, uh, in the the second half of game four, he averaged 0.5 points per quarter. (laughs) Very very impressive performance. Um, We're we're not going to get into, since we did so much on those three competitive series last time, and since we're kind of waiting for, Yeah, we're recording this on Tuesday, so we have a bunch of Game 5s tonight. Um, We're assuming that at least Toronto closes out. I am selfishly hoping that the Sixers close out, and then we've got San Antonio, Denver, OKC, Portland. Um, We're hoping to record a Round 2 preview on Friday, because I'm going out of town this weekend, so hopefully, as much as I'd like to see a Game 7 in Denver, San Antonio, or Portland, OKC... Hopefully those things are over in six, and we can give you guys a full round two preview Friday. Otherwise, we will be doing a partial one. Um, but today, since you know we we've lost two teams from the playoffs already, and we had two left over from uh, the Eastern Conference melee for the seventh and eighth seed that we didn't get to before the playoffs started, we are because going... they're boring. <laughs> yeah. Well, we're gonna start with the two that just got knocked out because they're the more recent and more relevant and their salary cap sheets aren't a complete tire fire. So let's start more with the Indiana Pacers. Because of the four teams we're going to talk about today, um, I'd say the Pacers have the most room for optimism moving forward, just in terms of, like, had, you know, we've been saying this for a while now, had Victor Oladipo not gotten hurt, the Pacers would have been the three seed, and we would have had mm-hmm. Boston and Philly in the first round, and I would not have slept for the past week. So <laughs> I'm, I'm, grateful that the Sixers avoided that situation but you know the Pacers got swept by the Celtics because they just without Oladipo each game was pretty close and each game got down to crunch time and the Pacers just didn't have a go-to option then right it it was it was very kind of reminiscent of the Sixers Celtics series last year where all of the games were close but you just knew the Celtics you felt like they weren't actually in danger of losing any of those games. Like they were just far more in control in these late game situations because they knew what they wanted to run, who they wanted to get open. And they just, they had more control. Whereas like Indiana was relying on like Tyreek Evans and that's, that's never going to end well.
1: They were out talented in every way. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's fair to say. I, I am curious though because I, while i agree with you i think most would agree with you your assessment that there, there's a lot of optimism surrounding this team mm-hmm. but when you really break it down is there though there, your, your best player is injured mm-hmm. your presumed second best player is he's, he's not a bust but he's certainly not the star that you thought he would be and some of your most crucial role players are unrestricted free agents coming up this season and could leave for nothing yeah. I mean, it, there is also a scenario wherein this goes absolutely horribly wrong.
2: Oh, for sure. Yeah. So I mean, as you mentioned, it's Oladipo is under contract. Miles Turner is under contract. Sabonis is up for an extension this summer, but he's still under contract. Other right. Than that, His
1: extension wouldn't kick in until twenty twenty. Yeah.
2: Exactly. Other than that, though, Fad Young's a free agent. Tyreek Evans is a free agent. Boyan Bogdanovich is a free agent. Darren Collison's a free agent. Corey Joseph is a free agent. Kylo Kyle Quinn, Quinn is a free agent. Wesley Matthews is a free agent. That's the, I mean, that is a...
1: And Doug McDermott change. isn't, which... Correct, <laughs> correct.
2: Doug McDermott is under contract for two more years. So, yeah, I mean, there's definitely a world in which the Pacers just get picked apart this summer um, and lose a lot of these guys, and then they're nowhere near as good next year. So I guess, more the question is, if you're the Pacers, if you're Kevin Pritchard right now, right how who are you prioritizing among that group to retain? Bojan. Mm-hmm.
1: and that's it look I, I like Thaddeus Young I really do uh, and I think it all depends on the price for young. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's he's 30 he has he has a lot of mileage. he came into the league very young. Mm-hmm. he's played a lot of games a lot of minutes so you you have to wonder at some point. You know, when will his body begin to slow down? Because the way that he plays defense and the way he gambles with balls and throws his body down, like he's he's a fierce player. You know, you had him in Philly back in the day. Yeah, like he's a very very active player. So you you can look at the minutes count and and effectively add twenty five percent to it just because of the way that he plays. Mm-hmm. So while I would love for the Pacers to retain him, it has to be under the right circumstances. It shouldn't be like a three or four year contract, maybe two years, and the money needs to make sense. Yeah. But Thaddeus Young and Bojan Bogdanovic, those are the two. Tyreek Evans, nope. Darren <laughs> Collison, nope. Corey Joseph, nope. Kylo Quinn, eh, no. You can probably do better. Mm-hmm. Just, and, and I think you just need something else. You need more offense. This is, they, they are kind of in a in a Utah Jazz situation. They just yeah. do not have enough firepower, yep. and it just it it blows my mind how many NBA teams are still stuck in this mindset of oh. And defensive oriented team will win in twenty nineteen. No, no, this is not the case anymore. You need firepower. You cannot get by with just one score. I know that they were hoping for Miles Turner to become like the secondary guy behind Depot, but that's clearly not happening. Mm -hmm. So, and and like, do we know about Depot's status for next season in terms of the you know the long term ramifications of that injury? Like, we honestly have no idea. Right. You need. A safety blanket is what I'm saying. You need more firepower. You need more offense. Yeah. Just yeah. go get it.
2: I mean, I was I could not have been more wrong about Tyreek Evans. I thought he was just gonna be that missing piece for them. Um mm-hmm. yeah, I think I picked him as my sixth man of the year coming into the season. Yes, you
1: did. you were very, very high on it, but I, uh, I, I I remember I was I was actually leaning into your hype and right. I I hate that I shouldn't right. uh, or that I did. I am not I'm no longer gonna let you, let you influence me this way, Brian. I mean, he was a... so good
2: in Memphis last year. I, I know it yeah. was out of nowhere, but I thought, I don't know, maybe in the right usage he would be better. But then he comes out and shoots a career worst, thirty eight yeah, point nine percent overall. his three point shooting regressed. It, it was just a disaster. So yes, I, yeah. I agree with you. Tyreek Evans is not a priority. I definitely. I mean, yeah, Boyan's number one with a bullet.
1: We are now in Cova
0: Insurance clearance i think it's really tricky because
2: they also have to figure out aside from the, restri- the unrestricted free agents i think the big question looming over this franchise and tim BonTEMPS of espn wrote about it the other day um is whether miles turner and sabonis are compatible long term together now hmm. i don't know the answer to that question like
1: I I'm I'm probably leaning no.
2: Yeah, I mean a lot of it sounds like a lot of scouts and executives think both guys are traditional fives. And you just can't they like the, the Pacers have tried playing them together, but I think heading into game 4 at least, they were getting pretty well worked whenever those two shared the floor against Boston.
0: Yeah.
1: Wouldn't I mean that wouldn't surprise me. as much as i love sabonis he's primarily an offensive driven player Mm -hmm. he doesn't have a long wingspan that was that was also the big knock coming in on you know him coming into the to the draft a couple years ago he's not overly athletic he doesn't have long arms defensively he can be a good positional defender like in a team scheme sense but he's not an overwhelming one-on-one defender or post defender and you probably will need if he if he's like the center of the future who's like the starting center, you will need more defense out of that position than what he can provide. Mm-hmm. Turner, to his credit, does provide that, but he offers just nothing in terms was, of offensive stability. So no, unlike <laughs> un, unlike Sabonis is what I mean. Like oh, Sabonis' yeah, yeah, yeah. offensive stability is, is out of is just completely insane, right? Like he passes, he shoots, he scores at a high rate. Mm-hmm. Like he's offensively, he's very very low on weaknesses whereas Turner is a reluctant shooter he's not a guy who is severely dominant and and so you have to mix and match I think potentially down the line assuming they get Sabonis for the right price you know Sabonis should just be the backup to Turner mm-hmm. but I, I don't know it's just not an optimal situation is it?
2: No I mean so I, I just pulled it up uh, during the regular season they played 429 minutes together they had a defensive rating of 96.5 which would have led the league like that's, by that's miles. Good, yeah. They had an when, when those two were on the floor, the Pacers had an offensive rating of 99.6. Ooh. Which again goes back to what you're saying is yes, like the Pacers were a great defensive team both regular season and playoffs and that's the reason they were able to keep it together as long as they did without Oladipo. They had that identity, and I think they can keep that identity. I mean, Miles Turner was a great shot blocker this year. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think you're right. They, they do need more offense, and this is why, I mean, even in the final weeks of the season, once it became clear that Philly couldn't draw Boston in round one, I was wondering, like, should Philly tank to four and draw the Pacers instead? I was less afraid of the Pacers than I was the Nets because the Nets in terms of talent or getting out talented these last couple of games, but they just, all of those three-point shooters are so high variance and I think that's what you want to avoid in a playoff series is you, we saw it in game one. If those shooters get hot, you know, they can bury you in a second. Indiana, yeah. they ranked 29th in three-point makes and 29th in three-point attempts this year. They, much like the Spurs, they shot it at a high percentage. They You know, they were fifth in the league in terms of three-point shooting percentage, but they just don't have like they're gonna beat you up with a lot of twos, basically, which is, I'm okay with that if I'm playing them yeah. in the playoffs. Like they, I like, don't
1: even consider that, you know, them beating someone up with long twos.
2: Right, and they like they yeah. didn't draw free throws at a high rate. They were 23rd in attempts, 26th in makes. Like, it's just not the offensive profile of a team that's going to go deep in the playoffs. And yes, like old depot's injury definitely affected that. They, you know, they would have probably been better. Or it clearly would have been better with him on the floor for the whole year, and those ranks might have gone up a little bit because he was at least one of their higher-volume three-point shooters. But, like, they just don't. I mean, aside from until they brought Wes Matthews in, they had Oladipo on the season average six three-point attempts per game. Bojan averaged 4.8, which is way too low. Yep. Way too low for a guy who shot 42.5%. Yeah, those
1: two decimals to just turn around. <laughs> yeah,
2: Yeah, exactly. The next highest three point shooter on that team was Tyreek Evans at three point one, and then no one else averaged more than three threes a game. Like, that's just not that's not yeah. how you win in twenty nineteen.
1: No. I don't need to go back to my Miles Turner rant, right? No, 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 no. It's so obvious that he's like that. That's really. Do you think it would work? between him and Sabonis and 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 basically generate more to the Pacers' offense if he just started launching like Kevin Love.
2: Yeah, I mean it's possible. I when you were talking about Sabonis, it made me think that Sabonis is what remember when like NBA Twitter used to crap on Nikola Jokic cuz like all the advanced stat people were like, "Hey, Jokic is really good." And everyone was like, mm-hmm. "No, he's just a fat doughboy and he sucks. And he's terrible." I feel like Sabonis is what that haters on nba twitter thought jokic was
1: oh that's interesting but but the thing is bonus is really good so if there are haters i mean but you know and and to jokic's credit i didn't see as much as you did i know that you would frequently point something out to me but i was it really that intense oh yeah the uh, okay yeah yeah Yeah. well that's
2: troublesome not this year but in years past like, yeah, of course. On, like, he's on undeniable. summer in NBA Twitter, when it's an absolute war zone, and you should just log off for a couple months. Yes, there were there were <laughs> frequent. It was just like you know people would always bring up like Jokic is like near the top of the list in RPM and all that stuff, and then everyone's like, "Yeah, but the Nuggets suck, and he sucks, and he's terrible, and he's European, and he's fat." Just like oh, Luka yeah. Doncic. <laughs>
1: I was waiting for it. I was absolutely waiting for it. Yeah. So so what do you think about Sabonis moving forward? Because let's look at his like career arc so far. Mm-hmm. Like he has gotten significantly better yeah. on a year to year basis. For sure. Like and and for some reason like we don't really talk about Sabonis as a guy with a high floor. Mm-hmm. Like we we kind of assume that he's going to like stay put where he has all the time. Like this dude averaged 14 points, 9 rebounds and 3 assists in just under 25 minutes a game, shot 59% from the field, yeah. and 71.5% from the free throw line on, frankly, quite a lot of attempts in limited minutes, 3.9. Like, this dude can ball. Yeah, I I, I think really what it comes down to is instead of deciding, you know, between him or Turner or whatever, I think you just kind of need to pivot, and you need to put a team around to bonus that would also be utilized optimally with depot mm. like those are the two pieces moving forward i would just try to build around and then whatever miles turner gives me offensively i'll take like obviously obviously defensively he's like a DPOY candidate so it's it's not like he he doesn't have value it's the offensive disappointment that's been a problem mm. but if you optimize the talent of bonus and and uh depot like maybe you can actually negate some of that disappointment in time ty- in, in turner
2: yeah, and I mean, here's the thing to keep in mind with both of these guys. Turner just turned 23 at the end of March. Sabonis turns 23 at the beginning of May. These guys are still really young, and it takes bigs, it often takes bigs and point guards more time than wings to figure it out in the NBA. So, I I wouldn't necessarily give up hope on either guy. I just think they need more time to figure it out together, and right, you know that The Pacers so vastly exceeding expectations last year, and then, you know, they didn't exceed expectations this year in large part because of the Oladipo injury. But they still, you know, won close to fifty games. They were still a clear playoff team. Had Depot stayed healthy, they would have, you know, been right in that mix. I don't think they're far away from the tier of, like, locked in the playoffs every year. But the question is, how do they get to where Milwaukee is or to where Boston might be next year or where Toronto is if Kawhi stays or where Philly is if they keep all of their guys? I think that's the tricky thing moving forward, and it's almost like they just have to nail a draft pick and get another guy or get really lucky in free agency. But I don't think, like, even if all of these guys walk, like Kevin Durant or Kawhi Leonard... Kyrie Irving are not signing with the Indiana Pacers so maybe yeah so like maybe they have to get I don't know may- maybe they nail their free agent signings or nailed a draft pick but like they have to get lucky somewhere and hit on someone we're not expecting to take that next step forward I
1: think so they have the 18th pick yeah yeah that's and, and it's you know a somewhat weak draft it's not like there isn't talent to be had Mm -hmm. but you you know the odds of finding something of of tremendous value at that position especially this year is is not high right so what what do you think they should do i personally think they should go all in on potential like just find one of the youngest guys available who has significant offensive upside Mm -hmm. and just go with that and see what they can do i get that that's not in a win now mentality based on the ages of everyone else but as you just um as you just touched on like both turner and sabonis are young so that young player would still be able to to develop in that vein and just because you mentioned i just have to bring it up by the way i get what you're saying about the age and that big men take a long time a longer at least to get better but as i as I've, I think I've t- told you this before. Go look at Miles Turner's per thirty-six minutes over his career. It's like virtually the same. Yeah, yeah. From year one to now, and at least with a bonus, like you can see the development curve. You can see the increased production. You can see the increased just talent. Honestly, mm-hmm. that 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 is what makes me skeptical about Turner. It's not. I'm not trying to hate on yeah. the kid. Obviously, yeah. defensively he's outstanding. Mm-hmm. I'm just seeing a guy who's probably not going to turn into the 22 point player that people thought he would
2: yeah yeah i agree the pacers like they have they could either get much better this summer much worse or kind of tread water but yeah they have a very wide range of outcomes this summer which i think the other three teams we're going to talk about not as much today
1: Agreed. They are financially, they have some flexibility that a lot of these teams can't say. Yeah. 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 Yeah.
0: Progressive Casualty Insurance Company affiliates and other insurers. Discount not available in all states or situations.
2: So let's move into one of these teams that does not have financial flexibility. The other team that got knocked out of the playoffs uh, last night, the Detroit Pistons. And to no one's surprise, the Milwaukee Bucks swept them. Uh, Blake Griffin did come back for games three and four and played as well. He he could on one knee, but unfortunately, I mean, the Pistons just never had a chance. So... Now you look ahead, and Blake Griffin, Andre Drummond, and Reggie Jackson next year alone are owed about seventy (laughs) nine point six million dollars. The salary cap's going to be one hundred nine million. So throw in, you know, John Lewis making nine point five, Langston Galloway's making seven point three, Josh Smith still getting paid (laughs) five point three million dollars by the Detroit Pistons next year. It is the last, but the
1: final year. yeah, Yeah,
2: it is the last year. Josh Smith will be on their cap, but he's he's still getting paid. And then, like, Luke Kennard, Don Maker. So they're not going to have any cap space, realistically, or at least right. notable cap space. So basically, your two options are you hit on a draft pick, you hit on your mid-level exception or your biannual exception, and that rockets you forward. Or, you know, Reggie Jackson is answering the last year of his deal. Andre mm-hmm. Drummond is entering the last year, possibly the last year of his deal. He has a $28.7 million player option for 2020-2021. Then Blake Griffin is under a guaranteed contract for two more years and has a player option for $38.9 million in 2021-2022. So yep. if you're Detroit, what do you do? Do you keep your so-called big three together for one more year and then see what happens in 2020 if Drummond opts out and Jackson will be a free agent regardless? Or are you starting to at least quietly shop Drummond and or Griffin around the summer?
1: No, I mean, you're right on the mark that you need trades. I mean, you mentioned the mid-level and draft, but I think there's a trade out there to be had. Like, as you said, Reggie Jackson's coming into his final year. So is John Lure and Langston Galloway. Maybe you could actually use... Uh, those expiring contracts package them with the 15th pick that they will have this year for someone of significance someone who's higher up on the on the food chain a, a mike conley mm. i'm totally ripping this idea from, from duncan smith by the yeah, way yeah 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 I, I don't think that was the particular package he 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 suggested but like you can do something right you you can do something with those contracts and then yeah you get a little bit more top heavy but that's probably okay when you think about it. Like, what's the alternative right now? You can't go into a full rebuild at this point because right. then you'd have to shed a lot of deals, and it's just like that would make the entire acquisition of Blake Griffin just pointless. Mm. It it just doesn't make sense. If you somehow just improve the top end of the roster, like fine, that's that's. I don't necessarily think that that's would be a marginal move. I think that could be quite considerate uh, or, or considerable, but it's not going to make them a a challenger for the title. It's probably going to make them like the fourth or fifth. Oh, maybe not fourth, but fifth or sixth
0: seed.
2: Yeah. I was going to say, I feel like depending on what happens with Indiana and Toronto, right? Like Boston, no matter what is going to be fine next summer or like in 2019, 2020, even if Kyrie leaves. No, they'll be fine. They have, they'll still have Tatum, Brown, Smart, Horford, Hayward. They'll be fine.
1: Yeah, sure. But like define fine. A, a top four seed in the East. Oh, okay, yeah, because, I mean, they won't have the same status as they do now if they lose Kyrie.
2: Right, oh no, but they'll still be... They would still be, no matter what Detroit does this summer, unless, like, they trade Reggie Jackson for Anthony Davis straight up.
1: Like, <laughs>
2: right, you know, yeah, like, okay. No matter what they... What happens to Boston this summer, they will be ahead of Detroit next year, and I think there's a non-zero chance they end up with Anthony Davis this summer, in which case, that like, that does... That's the point. And like, you know, I know all of these top uh, top East teams have key free agents with Kyrie in Boston, everyone in Milwaukee, Kawhi in Toronto, Jimmy and Tobias in Philly. So like, yeah, there's yeah. a lot of disaster potential for all of these teams and maybe Detroit moves up by default just because their three guys are locked in. But all of those teams including Indiana has a much higher ceiling than Detroit does right now, I think. So it goes back to, I mean, it goes back to the ownership question, really. What does Tom Gores want from this franchise? Is he okay with, is a 45-win season and a first-round playoff knockout, is that okay? Is that, like, what he's shooting for? If so, then he's going to keep this roster together. And, yeah, maybe he tries to move Jackson for Conley or do something else. Or, I mean, does he realize this ceiling is capped, in which case I think you do have to start consider some bigger traits. And Drummond seems like the most logical candidate to be moved in that regard just because he's still really young. He puts up mm. big numbers. And, you know, as we've alluded to, there's going to be more demand than supply of top-tier free agents this summer. So whichever team misses out, if the Lakers miss out on all their guys – you're telling me they wouldn't want a 25-year-old Andre Drummond?
1: Yeah, I mean, certainly possible, and I will say as much. I did write a piece about why Detroit should consider rebuilding mm. for the B-ball writers, mm-hmm. and but that was before Blake Griffin really began coming into his own as a piston this year. Mm. Like, remember he, he did have like a I don't want to say he he had a weak start to the season, but he wasn't as efficient or as, as effective as later on like mm-hmm. he kind of moved himself into a rhythm and he just kept going and that's what you could see like they started winning a lot yeah and that was in the regular season i get it that's not the playoffs it's not necessarily a fair representation but if they can just keep that string along and actually improve on the regular season wins by upgrading the roster you're also going to get a higher seed meaning you wouldn't necessarily have to play the Bucks. You wouldn't have to play the stronger teams in the playoffs. So yeah. does that take you into round 2? Potentially. Like that's that's four more games. That's right. the that's the step-by-step progress. I I'm not saying it's ultimately going to end up in in an Eastern Conference finals appearance. Right. But if they make it to round 2, for the Pistons who've been let's be honest here very inconsistent since the Ben Wallace Chauncey Billups era, mm-hmm. like isn't that a win in and of itself?
2: Yeah. I, I, I mean, yeah, you could hope what happened to portland in this year like the bracket might break just right and maybe you do make it to an easter conference finals or maybe you do have an easy first round matchup and get to the second round but you're right i mean they haven't they haven't won a playoff series in more than a decade now
0: yeah i don't yeah, think no, they won tough. a
2: playoff game right haven't they been swept three straight times
1: oh i just feel like they were swept by lebron right yep
2: they were swept the, yeah. they were swept in 2008 2009 they were swept this year and their only other appearance was 2015-16 and they were swept again. So they haven't oh, won a no. playoff game. Or, yeah, they haven't won a single playoff game in eleven years now.
1: Yeah, that's bad. Yeah. We'll that's where the hunger stems from then. That's that's why they went all in on, on Blake. Yeah. They just wanted that one win. For just sure. give them something. Yeah.
2: Well, I I have one Blake thought in a second, but since you mentioned B ball writers, hey Mort. Are you tired of clickbait, ads, pop-up videos, talking head hyperbole, big market bias, and data selling? Are you tired of soap operas, wild speculation, and unnamed sources? Tired of padding the stats of CEOs and shareholders while your favorite content creators get paid pennies for their work? At bballwriters.com, they are too. That's why they created the Basketball Writers. At bballwriters.com, they concentrate on just the game and everything they love about it. NBA, WNBA, EuroLeague, Fantasy Basketball, The Draft... And many more corners of the Hoops universe are soon to explore. All in one place on a blazingly fast, clean site that lets you choose which writer to directly support while still enjoying all of the content from their whole team. Elevate the conversation, elevate the game. I'll see you at bballwriters.com, and don't forget to enter the code the NBA Pod for 10% off your annual, monthly, or daily subscription. That is the NBA Pod for 10% off. So, Blake Griffin. Do you think mm-hmm. there's a market for him this summer?
1: Oh, I mean there should be just because of how great he is. But again, this is this is always the problem, isn't it? When you have a star who is in his in his smack that middle in his prime, he's also earning top dollar, right? Mm-hmm. Meaning you would want to pair him with a contender. Yeah. But if you're a contender, odds are you're already very close to being capped out, so you can't just add like 30 plus million to your cap without giving up something else of you know significance mm-hmm. which means are are you then just kind of shuffling around pieces
2: so here's who i would target if i'm All right. if i'm the pistons and i'm you know i i don't think they are going to trade blake griffin i should make that very clear i think what he did you know i think they view him as like professionalizing the franchise again and like Bringing back a winning culture to Detroit, blah blah blah, all that stuff. So I think he's gonna stay put. But right, if Sam Hinkie were running this team, <laughs> Sam Hinkie would okay. call Orlando right away
0: uh-huh.
2: because they, Orlando and Detroit are in similar spots. But Orlando, you know, is probably gonna get swept, knocked out tonight. And like, yes, they made the playoffs, great, but they still have a lot of questions about that front court moving forward. So I would call Orlando, and I would say, give us Aaron Gordon, possibly Mo Bamba, and then you can flip Drummond to the Lakers or the Knicks or whatever other dumb, desperate team. Like some combination of your young... Pro- Aaron Gordon, because I just, again, if you think Isaac is your long-term four, that means Aaron Gordon's either playing the three, so he's playing out of position, or he's...
1: Yeah, but you just brought him. in Blake, so where's where's Jonathan going to play
2: yeah, I mean that's there in lies <laughs> therein lies the problem with the magic entirely. But I mean the Isaac, I don't know. Maybe you play Blake as a small ball five. Maybe you just have like a weird oh. non-positional front court because Isaac is a great shot blocker anyway.
1: Yeah, because they might lose Vooch. Right. Oh, so if they lose Vooch, which could definitely happen, and and here's the thing that he might actually go to the Lakers. In which case, <laughs> right. you can't move Drummond to the Lakers. Right. But but then that's you a move different Drummond
2: issue. The or yeah. like the, the mavericks or something i don't know you'll
1: find right 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 yeah he'll you'll definitely find something yeah but but i okay so we're actually talking about more of a like a perimeter based system with blake who's actually become a a much better defender not not as a shot blocker but like positional wise he's just better and hmm i i would i would probably you know venture into that and
2: see what could happen I just think a, a team like Orlando is going to be dumb and desperate this summer. Or, like, call up the Phoenix Suns, who have no effing plan and no idea what they're doing. Yeah. And say, yeah should
1: we touch on that instead? <laughs> yeah.
2: Well, yeah, so they fire their head coach today after one year and still have no organizational direction whatsoever. So, so call them and say, you need a star next to Aiton and Devin Booker. You're going to lose Levin. Devin Booker. You know, I know he signed long-term, but, like, he's going to just check out He's gonna like d- develop all these bad habits. Aiton's gonna stop giving a damn. You're gonna lose everyone. Give us some combination of T.J. Warren, Mikhail Bridges, whatever your first round pick is, wherever it lands. Maybe like top three protect, or just do it after the lottery. So who cares? You'll you'll know what you're getting. One of M- a Kobo or Melton, maybe another fir- future first round pick. Like, I, I think you can dupe a team, a, a desperate, dumb team, into taking Blake Griffin this summer. And that's not saying that Blake Griffin... Like, Blake Griffin had a arguably his best season. Like, he mm-hmm. had a hell of a year. And I think now is the time... Like, if I'm running the Pistons, now is the time to sell high on him. Because I don't know what this core is going to accomplish as constructed. And I don't see a way out of this. And I know it's like counter to what they are trying to achieve which is just building right. upon this but like I think you can get a really good haul for Blake Griffin and probably something decent for Andre Drummond and I think that could be the core of your team moving forward
1: like you I too am itching to to, to you know press the big old red reset button for Detroit mm-hmm. I am but looking at all the evidence that's out there for them in terms of them not wanting to do so that's kind of where i'm coming from yeah yeah because they seem very invested in in just trying to add to this core which i think is in in some respects it's also pretty honorable like they don't want to just go down with the with with the ship entirely they actually wanted to keep it afloat while getting better Mm -hmm. I, i think that's commendable in some ways but i i totally see where you're coming from i too would be looking at just tearing things down but that's that's who I am. If I was in right. the AGM, I would be tearing down everything I just found a small problem with. Oh, no, well, that's hardcore. But you know what I mean. Yeah. I would definitely tear these like middling teams down yes. because that's not where you want to be. Yes. Um, the thing is, though, they've gone through so many rebuilds mm-hmm. and or attempted rebuilds, rather, yeah. and they've restructured and retooled and done all these things so many times. So like, what's different now? Yeah. Why should we ex- expect different results? Now they finally have like two stars. I get that they're playing, you know, both the big positions and that's not optimal especially in today's league, which by the way is a note for the Bulls as well moving forward, um uh, which we can return to in another day. But they they need something just to kind of facilitate that that you know, those two stars. Like, they yeah. need a perimeter player, and that's not Reggie Jackson. No. That's not Glenn Robinson. No. <laughs> could, could it be Luke Kennard moving forward? I'm, I'm not sure, but I will say that Kennard actually looks pretty good. I don't know. It's it's just it's tough to envision them becoming significantly better. Right. But I do commend them for trying. And if they get Mike Conley and they retain Blake Griffin and Andre Drum- Drummond and Luke Kennard, do we really care what else they gave up? No. Yeah. Because this yeah. team is just, like you mentioned before we actually start recording, this team has no one. Yeah. You just, you basically screamed it like, they have no <laughs> well, one.
2: I mean, look at their young, pro- like, yeah, Luke Kennard yep. is fine. Svi is fine. Like, yep. are you really feeling great about, like, Thon Maker and Bruce Brown? Or Jr? Kyrie yeah, Thomas? Yeah, like, they just don't have any, they don't have a single young guy who I think, like, okay, that guy has all-star upside. Right. That seems like a problem for a team that whose big 3 could all leave within the next 2 or 3 years.
1: Do you think that makes it tougher for them to rebuild when you think about it like right now because well, that, they don't have this blue chipper?
2: That's why I think they need to kind of blow it up now because otherwise if these guys leave if Drummond leaves in a year and they get nothing for him or if Griffin mm-hmm. leaves in 2 years and they get nothing for him, then they're going to be playing the lottery anyway but they're gonna have nothing to build around if you at least get additional picks and or prospects for those guys right at least you kind of rig the odds in your favor a little bit more
1: would you then want to play this draft though when you really think about it because of you know the proposed weakness of it and and the or the lack of depth rather yeah like would you wouldn't you maybe rather just run it back one more year and then try to get into the 2020 draft instead or you know you could be really progressive right and you could just actively search out for, uh, twenty twenty two picks. picks. Yeah.
2: yeah, yeah. I I think ideally, I think for Griffin, you could probably get multiple firsts if like Tobias on Harris, that deal though. If Tobias Harris got multiple firsts on an expiring contract, knowing he was oh, but get he's masked, younger.
1: He's I, so much younger.
2: Yeah, I don't know. I think you could get multiple firsts. Like one would be protected. I'm assuming, but from a dumb team, I think you
1: could. yeah. Yeah. So so, how many dumb teams are there? We definitely know Phoenix is one because of what they just did. Yeah. Knicks, obviously. The Lakers.
2: Yep. Lakers, obviously. Obviously, yeah. they're so yeah. desperate. It's just desperation is going to drive a lot of these teams this summer.
1: Yeah, I think you know. I think you're right. The Lakers could be one of those teams where you could For just sure. dump a lot of crap. Yeah. Especially
2: because yeah. Genie Bus wants to give a middle finger to Steve Ballmer. What better better middle finger than bringing in the guy who he traded away a year ago?
1: Right, and Steve Ballmer wouldn't care, but that's yeah. beside the point. Right, yeah.
2: exactly. He'd be like, uh, yeah. "Good job, great, yeah. great move." Yeah. yeah, I was thinking about he turned Blake Griffin into like, Shamit, at least two first round picks from the Tobias deal, and I'm assuming I don't remember what they got for him, exactly, but I, I would assume he got mm. a first round pick for him as well. Like, it's just amazing. I, the Clippers are so good. I, I'm gonna so. Leave. So, what's the
1: deal? What's the, let's assume we we've identified this uh-huh. that, that we do go off on a rebuild yeah. like fair enough griffin to to the lakers like what what young guys do you take back i'm just gonna save right away i'm not dealing with lonzo ball nope. and all that no we, i'm no. not doing it
2: and the, the ingram thing is really complicated because of the health issue so it is i definitely take kuzma and heart right and yeah maybe after that i just want their picks
1: yeah i i, I would even sacrifice not taking hard and getting yeah. picks yeah Kuzma and picks. Yeah, right. Kuzma and what? You, I think probably you won't be able to get two picks, but like maybe you can get Kuzma and a first rounder that might be like top three protected for a couple years. Or
2: I mean, they don't give a damn about this year's pick at eleven. I think you could easily Hmm. if if they stay at eleven, they don't care because that by the time that's high enough. Yeah, by the time that player is of age, LeBron's going to be long gone. They would give up 11 this year, and then probably like a lottery protected pick two or three years down the road.
1: Alright, then let's think this through. So so you get Kuzma, and you get 11. You already have 15. Mm-hmm. So then you will have 11 and 15, which would give you the choice of having two prospects that you can build uh, with mm-hmm. that, that are just, yeah for all intents and purposes, in the lottery. Number 15 is just one yeah. pick outside of, yeah. of the lottery, but like for all intents and purposes. Or you could package those two and move up significantly higher in the draft, mm-hmm. and take someone you might feel is is worth building around to at least a certain extent. Because when you get up, you get, when you get high up enough in this draft, like then we can talk about having guys that are you know difference makers. Like if you get a DeAndre Hunter or a Jared Culver, maybe mm-hmm. like all right.
2: Or you could now just, we're talking. You can stay put and get like a Darius Garland, Bull Bull, Romeo Langford, Kevin Porter Jr
1: yeah go with two maybe go with two super young guys at yeah. 11 and 15 that's yeah, what I yeah and do. just gamble yeah yeah i could see that gamble and potential yeah all right, all right well you know what you know what we should do and we've talked about this before we should get duncan on and yeah. we should just pick his brain yeah. Yeah, yeah i like this i like this idea I, I do i this is this is one of the few rebuilding ideas for the pistons that i think makes sense yeah I, I dig
2: it i don't yeah. think they're gonna do it I, we should make that very clear, but oh no,
1: I, no NBA teams never listen to us anyway, yeah, so it's fine. But
2: I think there would be a logical reason to try.
1: Yeah. Well, they did listen with the Otto Porter, Jabari Parker.
0: that's right? true. That's true. Huh.
1: Huh. All right. Well, fair enough. And now Ernie Grant. Oh, but Ernie isn't there anymore. Correct. So. Yeah, he's gone.
0: Get to Old Navy for the biggest sale of the year. Up to 60% off all back to school styles for kids and baby. Get flip flops for 2 bucks, graphic tees for 4 bucks, shorts for $6, and jeans for $8. Right now, get the best kids' styles at kid size prices. Just $2, 4 6 and $8. Can't wait to wear it? Buy online and pick up in store free today. Up to 60% off all kids and baby styles now at Old Navy and OldNavy.com. Valid $729 to $811 select styles excludes in. A burglar in my heart. Thank you. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Discounts not available in all states or situations. All right, let's
2: switch to another team that is in dire straits cap-wise. The Miami Heat. So, right now...
1: (laughs) Sorry, I can't stop laughing and looking at that cap It's
2: incredible. So, they're not going to... I mean, they're going to presumably waive Ryan Anderson, and that saves them, like, 5.5 million. And then they have a couple Hussan. of... Sorry?
1: I said saw. Oh, That's yeah. not going to oh, change oh, a oh, damn yeah. thing. Because...
2: Yeah. Um, and then they have a couple other guys who they'll let go, and those cap holes will go off the books. But they're still mm-hmm. most likely going to be a luxury tax team next year, assuming Goran Dragic and Hassan Whiteside both opt in.
1: Okay, come on. We we need to read it out. We we have to read it out. Let's assume that both Whiteside and Dragic picks up their options. Yeah. Let's assume for a second they won't waive Ryan Anderson just just for you know kicks. Sure. So Whiteside twenty seven million. Yeah. Ryan Anderson fifteen point six million. Yeah. Goran Dragic, nineteen point two million. James Johnson fifteen point three million. Kaylee Linnick, eleven point six million. Dion Waiters twelve point one million. Josh Richardson ten point one million. Justice Winslow thirteen million. That is one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight guys earning well over ten million a year.
2: Yeah, it's brutal.
1: It's horrible, and you know what? We often criticize the Charlotte Hornets, who we'll get to later on in this podcast. Yeah, for their cap, but this this is like this is a eighteen seventy five freak show.
2: Yeah, I I think this is the worst cap sheet in the league.
1: Like, oh, for well, at without. least for this season, yeah. right? I mean, yeah. yeah.
2: Because this team is, they're just kind of stuck. Like, they're just going to be mediocre. We saw their ceiling yeah. last year was, you know, 44, 45-ish wins and a first-round knockout. Dwayne mm-hmm. Dwayne Wade is gone now, who I know, like, he wasn't Dwayne Wade of old, but he still did, he was still, like, better than Dion Waiters, who was signed... For two more seasons for nearly $29 million. Like, I know, I mean, I'm sure Heat fans, I'm, if you've been long-time listeners, I'm sorry that we continue to criticize what you guys did in 2017. But this is why we were worried about these four-year yeah. deals you handed out. Because this is where it was always going to come to haunt you. We're on these back years where you have Josh Richardson, Justice Winslow, and Bam Adebayo, all of whom we like. Those are three yeah. good young prospects. But there are just so many mediocre role player veterans locked into eight figure salaries that you're just kind of stuck.
1: Mm-hmm. This is why I proposed James Johnson for Evan Turner like 15 times. Yeah.
2: Yeah. There's no, I mean, there's no real reason not to because you're, it's, you're, cap space isn't a thing for you. Now, the, the thing is, right. Pat Riley has already come out and said, you know, we, we're going to have at least one max cap spot in 2020. If, by the grace of God, James Johnson and Kelly Olenek decline their player options, they could Not have now. two. Yeah, yeah, I mean, I don't know why James Johnson's turning down $16 million unless Pat Riley is like, you can have a share of the Miami Heat franchise, just don't right. opt in. Kelly Olenek, will give you a nice retirement package, just... Please God, do not take that 13.6 million from us. But so that I mean, what do you think is the 2019-2020 season? Are they basically just punting on that and waiting for free agent help in 2020 and do you think that mission succeeds?
1: Uh well, I can't I can't answer in terms of how uh, if it succeeds. or not. We I mean, I don't, don't know. We'll see in 2020, but I I mean, do they have a different option? Of punting, I mean, I guess the one thing they could do, and that's a horrible option, that is they, they could trade these lesser players for slightly better players who have another year left on their deals mm-hmm. just to get better. Mm-hmm. But they shouldn't do that. And as it sounds like from Pat Riley, they won't do that because they want double max cap space in, in 2020. <laughs> right. So, no, I mean, they, they almost have to punt. Yeah. I, I don't see what they can do. like and you and you just don't want a situation where you stretch a player no because if they stretch a bunch of these guys that's just gonna be like eternal cap hits
2: yeah yeah i I think the worst thing you could do if you're the heat right now is compound mistakes and if you're really looking ahead to 2020 and you're convinced you're gonna get two max guys which i'm never gonna doubt the heat like it's miami it's no state income tax it's beautiful weather like they do have that incumbent advantage that only a few other franchises, most of whom play in LA, have. So, mm-hmm. like, NBA players love Miami. That's not a question. The, right. the problem is, you need one of Richardson, Winslow, or Adebayo to turn into, like, a legit star next year. Otherwise, I don't think it's enough to get a super, superstar. It's not like I don't think Anthony Davis considers it unless Jay Rich really. Like he didn't break out the way I think they were hoping him to, this year.
1: No, no Richardson. Yeah. No, but he did take you know steps. Yeah, but like, but I, I, he needs even to take, so,
2: he needs to take a much bigger step next year, right? Or else, like he's signed to a completely reasonable deal. I mean, no matter what happens, his production, he's already earning his production and then some. But. Mm-hmm. They, I mean, maybe it's Winslow or maybe it's out of bio. And, like, again, all of these guys are super young. Like, there's still a lot of time for them to develop into these prospects. And maybe, maybe getting, with all due respect to Wade, like maybe getting rid of him or having him retire, having him no longer in the fold gives the young guys a little bit more room to breathe. Like, Wade took 13.3 shots a game this year. You're going to have right. to redistribute that, hopefully, to some of the younger guys. So maybe that helps, but like you still have Deion Waiters jacking shots for the next two years.
1: So how much do you prioritize keeping Josh Richardson in the fold for 2020 when they go out for cap space?
2: I think you have to. I think he's, I mean, he's just so cheap. He's at 10.1 this year, 10.8 in 2020. I don't think you're going to find a player like by that time.
1: Maybe not a player maybe not a player i was going to in a different route oh okay would you take like a guy who would then expire at the same time as uh you, you know uh let's see who would that be wait wait a second. they they can't go for double cap space in 2020 you have to be 2021 right
2: pat says 2020 huh i don't know how well okay
1: i was actually because i was going back to to portland Actually, oh, okay, and trying to find a find a trade because that would make sense. Mm-hmm. And I was just realizing that Mo Hartless would be ex, you know he's expiring the same year as Goran Dragic and Hassan Whiteside, like in 2020. Mm-hmm. Like if you gave Miami, um, you know, just a guy like Hartless who would expire at the same time, mm-hmm. the 25th pick this year, a pick swap in next year, and then their unprotected pick the year after oh. for Richardson. Like, would that be interesting to i know that you would sacrifice richardson's game which yeah. is significant but you would also get like 10.8 million immediately off the cap and you would replace it effectively with rookie salary contracts so you would get players going forward who are younger and will have potential but you just won't have someone of richardson's caliber at that point in time you'd get cap flexibility and rookies
2: yeah i mean if with three picks coming aboard, I probably do that deal just because. I don't know. I mean, a lot could happen to Portland, especially because if that's if that pick is three years, the unprotected pick is three years down the road. That's right when yeah, Dame that, and CJ that'll expire. That'll be twenty twenty one. Yeah, that's when Dame and CJ expire, right? Or the season. Yeah, yeah I, I
1: don't think they will. I think they're going to sign extensions. Yeah, and, but and like stay there. But and especially because that's the whole point from Portland, yeah. they would get that guy. Right, like they would get that third guy.
2: Yeah, yeah. I, I think if I'm Miami, like, because here's the thing, in twenty, yeah, twenty 2020, twenty 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 one, the year that they're angling for, this double max plan, right, the mid level exception that year, is projected to be around ten million dollars, so Josh Richardson will be earning like just over the MLE. You're not getting mm-hmm. a player of Josh Richardson's caliber with the MLE.
1: Completely agree. Yep. So,
2: I I mean, I think what they would end up doing, frankly, is probably using their picks to get out of Waiters or get out of Linux or get out of Johnson rather than the other way around.
1: Okay, interesting. That is gambling a ton, though.
2: Well, I think they would do it knowing they have two guys willing to sign.
1: Ah, okay, so back-channeling. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Or, like, make mm-hmm. the picks and then trade you know, trade them 30 days after whatever. Like, right. Yeah.
1: I do like that you and I agree on one thing. Like, we're not in a Detroit situation here where we're kind of debating back and forth whether they should rebuild. Like, we are all the way in on this team. It's just not good enough. Yeah. Like that's,
2: well, I mean, yeah. but it's not like they have, they don't have, like, any superstars who I think they could get a haul for. Like, no mm-hmm. one is giving up. Anything of real value for Hassan Whiteside or even Goran Dragic, if those guys opt in. I mean, I think teams would give up stuff for their young guys, but like unlike Detroit, they have good young guys. I think those are the guys you want to keep around, especially since Winslow and Richardson, those are like completely reasonable deals, and Adebayo is still on a rookie contract for two more years. Like, especially if you're trying to do this double max thing. Those are the types of role players you want around for your max guys. And hopefully Richardson or Winslow or Adebayo take a step forward. and They're not role players. And like maybe Adebayo breaks out as the second coming of Pascal Siakam next year. Which I think is
1: that. Is, that is, that is, that was high
2: expectations. <laughs> well, I, I mean, Adebayo is really good. I, I know he
1: is, but like Pascal specifically. Yeah, I know. Wow, I know. That's, but like, yeah.
2: you know, that's what, that's the type of leap they need any of those guys to make. Right. That and Netta
1: could take that leap. Yeah. I mean, I I don't disagree with you. He does seem like like he's he's perfectly suitable to play both like as a rim runner but also as a passing hub, mm-hmm. which is definitely optimistic. And and the jump shot to me, I could be wrong, but it doesn't seem broken at all. No. Like, yeah. It does seem like there's some there's some potential there. Yeah. I yeah.
2: I think if nothing else, Eric Spalestra is begging Hassan Whiteside to opt out of his contract this year. <laughs> He's like, please, please, Pat, do whatever you can. Just get this guy. You know, because he got moved to the bench late in the year, and he was somewhat productive in that role, but a $27 million player is just not going to be happy in that, especially going into a contract year. If he opts in, you don't think he's going to be a gigantic headache if they go with Bam Adebayo as the starter moving forward, and Hassan Whiteside knows he's playing for his next deal. Knows he was a max player in 2016. Knows he's not going to be in 2020. He's gonna be
1: a nightmare. Hmm. Hmm. I'm looking at that cap sheet. You're absolutely right. I wonder if if when Hassan opts in, if there's a deal to be made up there. Just, just not like <laughs> well, just, just basically trade off bad contracts.
2: Yeah. Let's just keep. We'll keep bringing up the Lakers until the end of time.
1: <laughs> no, but maybe like Hassan Whiteside for like Jan Mahimi and stuff. <laughs> no, no, but just, just to free up the minutes for Adebayo. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? Yeah. I mean,
2: yeah. 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 I, I mean, I would do whatever it took because I, I think Whiteside is just going to be poison in that locker room if he stays.
1: Oh, I agree. And that, that's what I'm saying. Like, if yeah. you, yeah, you. I think you really should if you're the Heat. You should look into all the dumb mistakes that were made in 2016.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Of the, you know, the, the Evan Turners, the, the Jan Mahimis. Uh, I was about to say Lou Deng, but he's not in the book. So right. uh, Timothy Moskovs. Uh, who else? There are a lot. Like B- Bismack Biombo. Yeah. Like guys who are just so far beyond like just that value yeah. where you can effectively trade for them with them coming in and having no expectations of playing
0: A burglar in my heart. Thank you. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Discounts not available in all states or situations.
2: That's actually a really interesting way to transition into Charlotte, I think.
1: Then let's, let's go for it.
2: Yeah, because, look, Charlotte, the big question hanging over them this summer is obvious. Can they keep Kemba Walker? And a report came out recently that... You know they were like in talks of getting Marcus by by at the trade deadline. Um, I I seem to remember like a couple of days before the actual deadline, it seemed like that was pretty much a done deal, and then the negotiations broke down over the the draft pick protections that Charlotte would be sending back, and Marcus All ended up going to Toronto, and now Toronto's. Most likely going to be in the second round after tonight, and probably going to beat the hell out of Philly and get to the conference finals. So, right. Campbell is seeing that, and he's pissed off as well. He should be. So I wonder if there's a deal there with Whiteside because you know we've talked about Charlotte as another team with a lot of bad contracts, but a lot of them expire after twenty nineteen twenty twenty. So maybe you do take on Biombo or Marvin Williams or MKG if you're Miami. Yeah. Why not? And like maybe that's maybe having a white side, an empowered Hassan Whiteside who could be a lethal kind of pick and roll guy for Kemba, maybe that's enough to get Kemba to consider re signing.
1: He's no Marcus All, but No.
0: Yeah.
2: No he's not. But I mean that that is the overarching question for Charlotte in the next two and a half months. Is there anything they can do, do you think, that will keep Kemba very long term.
1: You see, had kemmer been younger, I think he could maybe have made a play in the draft mm. and like made a push to get to get up uh get up higher in the draft mm-hmm. for like a difference maker. But he's he's 29. Yeah. Like he's not going to be looking at rookies. No. If anything, maybe you should be looking to swing Malik Monk. I don't know what his value is. He's had two very underwhelming seasons in in Charlotte so far. Mhm and i oh i hate suggesting this because he's played so well but like maybe you maybe you see what malik mug and miles bridges can get you Mm -hmm. like oh and i hate it because he's so good but if the if your end goal is keeping kemba and you want to build something around him that's sustainable then you may have to sacrifice youth for veterans Mm -hmm. which is usually a recipe that i hate (laughs) right yeah i get it but but like what's the alternative right
2: yeah I mean I don't know what if anything they can do to keep him. Unless he just I mean there you know, the, there has been talk that he just really loves Charlotte and like maybe he doesn't care about winning a title. But if he does, there is no pathway toward the Hornets winning a title unless again, unless they find like a but even if they find they need to find like a Donovan Mitchell type. Like Sure, they could get lucky and get a Giannis, but it took Giannis a couple years before he really became this. So they need to right. they need to get they need to luck into a rookie late in the lottery who is ready to perform right away, which I don't know if that guy exists this year. Yeah. And then you need to convince Kemba that okay, this guy's ready to come and drop twenty a game next year. And you, then you also need to say like, "Oh, also ignore all of the mistakes we made, all of the roster building mistakes we made over the last couple of seasons. We promise we'll be better." And I
1: don't. That's know... just bringing me back to Tracy McGrady, though. In Orlando, mm. they had the number one pick, mm-hmm. and he was like, "Nope, I'm out." Yeah. Yeah, I like. I don't think that sways veterans, do you? No. I mean, do you really think that sways veterans?
2: No, that's I like. I I can't think of a deal. Charlotte can make this year that tells Kemba we're, like, ready to go right now. We're going to... We'll be... Right. I don't think they could be a title contender no matter what, but, like, we're ready to at least compete for a second-round playoff berth. We know you're sick of missing the playoffs. Like Their second-best
1: player is also a free agent, by the way. Jeremy Lamb?
0: Yeah.
2: Yeah. And I saw... (laughs) the. I think it was the Charlotte Observer. uh, Their editorial board wrote an editorial that was just like we've had kemba for so long for his sake we should just let him go like he deserves he deserves better than this basically
1: i mean he does i i don't think anyone disagrees with that but at the same time like it's it's his choice if he wants to stick around that's fine but then you also like it's so it's such a different difficult situation because if he re-signs with them obviously that's what they want and that's what he wants Mm -hmm. but it still comes with certain obligations like he'll return to to charlotte and he'll go now i'm here i know that you have me for like four or five years whatever Mm -hmm. but i still expect you to do your damnedest to to get me help right and that then it comes down to just basically how much faith do you have and how much trust do you have in the organization to actually pull that off
0: right
2: and that's the problem is if he resigns, they have sixty six point two million in guaranteed salary on the books. Mm. I believe if he doesn't become super max eligible, if he misses the All NBA team, which it's gonna be close. I mean, he very well could get that third team All NBA spot. It's like him, Bradley Beal's right up for it. Depending on, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think Russ is gonna get one of them. So I think it's probably between Beal and Kemba most likely for the other one. Um, so if he does get the super max i think his starting salary is like 38.15 million in this coming season if not it's 32.7 either way that puts them at the cap right there add that to their guaranteed total they're at the 109 million cap so they can then use then they could try to retain jeremy lamb but like they can't and you know they'll have their mid-level exception but they can't go big free agent hunting so then, yeah, it comes down to, can you nail your draft picks and can you somehow flip the expiring contracts of MKG, Marvin Williams, Bismack, Biombo? But mm. he's also got to be looking ahead and said, like, look, Nick Batum's got a $27.1 million player option in 2020, 2021. He's not turning that down. So they yeah. like, it's going to be hard to get me free agent help next year.
1: You're right. You're right. Oh, God, it really hamstrings them. So, basically, let's assume Walker leaves. Yeah. Which really is, like, maybe even for them the most... I don't want to say beneficial scenario, but but maybe, ultimately, it will provide them when, with a certain level of freedom. Mm-hmm. Like, then you can just live out those contracts in peace. Or just and, trade them for worse contracts and get more yeah, assets. That was my follow-up point, absolutely. Yeah. Just, yeah, just... Basically, call up Miami, <laughs> right, right? Like right. you alluded to, and, and 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 see what you can get. Yeah, um, for for assets, for sure. Yeah, yeah. I mean
2: yeah. that's what. Yeah, if Kemba leaves, that's the direction I take. Because then you let Lamb walk. It doesn't matter. Then you're building around Monk and Bridges.
1: I guess. Yeah. Um, well, at least Bridges. Monk is is the guy up in the air, right? Right,
2: right. But then you also you do have the potentially the 12 pick this year again who knows what happens with the lottery but if if i mean that influences the direction you take in the draft too if you think Kemba's gone and a guy like Darius Garland is sitting there at 12 i think oh, you're yeah. more inclined to take him knowing he might get off to a slow start because of the he had meniscus tear is that right i think it was yeah or yeah, whatever some knee injury um but you need, you know, he's probably, like, in that range, he's probably the best point guard on the board. Maybe Kobe White's there, too. Um, but, yeah, I mean, it's it's going to be really hard. Like, the Hornets need to get a read on Kemba by the draft because it will influence everything they do yeah. from that point forward. But, yeah, I mean, I think you're right in that if they retain Kemba, they're going to continue making a bunch of short-sighted moves i think to appease him Mm -hmm. and none of them are going to bring them that much closer to legitimate championship contention i just think they they blew his window they made a bunch of bad moves and blew his window and it sucks but you're gonna like just have to let him walk like in theory you should have traded him a year ago because this this outcome was very apparent uh and it's you know, it's why I'm arguing the Wizards should trade Bradley Beal this summer. Because I think no. you, if you're the Wizards, you're going to come two years down the road. And they're going to be in the same spot where it's very clear their cap sheet is just so screwed that they can't bring in real free agent help. And Beal's going to realize that. And, you know, I, I just don't know. I know, like, it's a lot more money if you stay. But at a certain point, like, after you're making 100 plus
1: million dollars... I don't know it just isn't that enough like but it's it's always the people who don't have a hundred million dollars and say stuff like that i know i know yeah but like oh but but you're right like theoretically you should be right i i don't know I, I the thing is with kemba it's just it's all about the loyalty factor you know we don't we don't talk like this regarding like durant yeah or jimmy butler or even tobias harris like this is about kemba's fiercely loyalty towards the city of charlotte which right. is very commendable yeah and like i won't i won't blame him for whatever he does but i i totally understand that him also staying would also you know put that organization at at you know the the disadvantage of not being able to think long term and build like established culture yeah yada, yada. yeah i think i think the most interesting thing here would be like imagine if charlotte wins the lottery right yeah Like, that would help them out on so many levels, but, like, what do you do? Do you value Sion higher than the future of Kempa to the point where you ship out Sion for a legitimate star to appease Kempa? Or do we just go, okay, we have Sion, we know we have Sion, so we're going to stick with Sion, and then we're just going to start from there, and we're going to let Kempa be happy elsewhere, or whatever. Yeah. Like, because it doesn't make sense for those two. Like, Zion is 18 years old. Right, And right. Yeah. Yeah, no.
2: If it, if the Hornets win the lottery, under no circumstances should they trade Zion for a veteran to keep Kemba happy.
1: Right. It should just be a re- full-on rebuilding process. Yeah. yeah.
2: Or, it, I mean, if Kemba, if that's enough to keep Kemba, then that's fine, too. But, no.
1: Right, but that's, that's the concerning part for me because then Kemba's going to stay there, right? Mm-hmm. They're going to be better. Yeah. So that's that's only going to be like a one-off draft pick.
2: Like yeah. they're
1: not going to find themselves in the lottery again for at least a couple of years, and Kemba's going to age all of a sudden, mm-hmm. and then Zion is going to be like in, the, in his mid twenties, and he's not going to have like a partner that's in his age group that is good because they've been drafting <laughs> maybe in like the twenties for a couple of years. Right.
2: Well, I think at least if you're if that happens, if you re if you win Zion, you re-sign Kemba. By 2021, 2022, right now, the only guy they have under guaranteed contract, or not even guaranteed, but a team option that they will likely pick up, is Miles Bridges. So I think. So free agency? Yeah, I think in 2021, you could actually make some noise.
1: Yeah. Like, who wouldn't play with Zion, right?
2: Zion and Kemba. Because Kemba will still be good in two years. It's the back end of that contract that you worry about.
1: Yeah, that's that's his John Wall concern. And yeah. I mean, that was always the concern with Wall, right? Like the final 2 years and that's, then now it's all the four. That's
2: <laughs> the concern with all of these max guys who you're yeah. maxing at 28, 29. It's the same thing with Jimmy Butler. Like you're not concerned about Jimmy Butler the first 2 years, it's the last 3 that you're worried about.
1: Yeah. Oh yeah, he can sign for 5. Mhm. Oh yeah. Mhm. Hmm.
2: Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. that is a whole other conversation. I think like it's worth getting into it ahead of free agency. Just, like, the whole max contract dilemma, super maxes, um, like, what the NBA should do about this because it's forcing so many teams into these bad decisions that we've seen. Like, you're, yeah. you're kind of screwed either way, and it's, it's going to happen with... It, potentially with Beal this summer, too. With, you know, if he becomes eligible for the Supermax, then Washington either needs to give it to him or he's going to be pissed and, like, try to ask out. So... Yeah. yeah and like uh, it was a
1: nice thought like yeah. the supermax theory was nice and the execution of it just has it hasn't worked
2: and i think there's a way around it that you can keep the a similar system in place but just don't count don't count the full 35% toward your cap sheet yeah like they can pay the same amount of money but only 30% or only 25% whatever only right. that much counts against your cap sheet, so you're not totally hamstrung. Because yeah, it's just you can't build a team around multiple players earning 35 percent of the cap. It just doesn't work. Right. Right. So. Oh,
1: that would confuse people on Twitter I know, making fake I know, trades.
2: I know. Yeah, they made it so easy. Remember, it used to be like raises were 7.5 percent every year, and you calculated yep. maxes based on like. BRI instead of just like an even 30%. I I love the new system because it's so much easier to figure out players max deals. But yeah, I mean the, the super max system in particular needs, needs some refinement. Um, but yeah, I mean it's, it's going to be, I'm nervous for Hornets fans this summer, but I promise no matter what happens with Kemba, there is a light at the end of the tunnel. It, Mm -hmm. It just could be, just could take a couple of years, uh, depending on what happens in the lottery and then what happens elsewhere right
1: and then just don't go out and sign like a tony parker type for two years right that that might help too right
2: right well mort i think that's a good place to wrap up uh we will be back with hopefully with a round two preview later this week we'll also have some more by felicia's uh hopefully as i mean it could be as early as tonight that we'll have more teams ready for the chopping block. So we'll, we'll hit those in the coming days as well. In the meantime, please follow us on Twitter at the NBA pod. You can find our Twitter handles in our bio. So give us a follow as well. You can also find us on iTunes. So please subscribe, download leave some five-star reviews. And we're now being hosted on Spreaker. So check them out on Twitter at Spreaker until next time. I'm Brian Teporek. And I was joined as always by Morton Jensen. Mort. I know you're going to see Endgame tomorrow. Enjoy, my man.
1: Oh, I'm looking forward to it. We we didn't plan to record today, so the last time I was like, "Hey, yeah. next time yeah. I'll tell you all about it." But it's it's tomorrow, and I have I am so nervous about spoilers because uh, the the um, embargo ban on or uh, yeah, embargo on uh, what what's it called? Reviews, yeah, uh-huh. ha, has been lifted. Oh, for so real. So now. Yeah. Oh God. So now those things are coming out, oh. and I'm just like staying off of Twitter and Facebook and all those platforms because just just you know 24 more hours. Yeah, yeah,
2: yeah. <laughs> Everyone, we we made it this far. Stay strong these like, next couple days.
1: Yeah, definitely.
2: All right. Enjoy and uh, go. Please God, Jerry Dudley, don't
0: start another fight tonight. That would be nice. All right. Wait. Wait a minute. Take care, man. Clearance. Clearance.